Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode 265 of Geek Time Radio. I am back this week with... Kitty, kitty, kitty. Bex, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. You've been off for a few weeks because I know you've been very, very busy. So uh, what have you been up to? Well, apart from occupying myself with all of the normal Twitch streaming and things, um, <laughs> I, I think I slightly traumatized myself playing an Amiga game recently. So that's good. <laughs> um, it, it was one on the on, on Antstream because I play on Antstream on Fridays and I let chat suggest random games, which always goes well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And one of the ones we spotted uh, was one called Minsky's Furballs. Have you ever seen this? I No, that's not what I, I had an Amiga, but I, no, that's not what I know. And uh, they said it's like Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. I like Mean Bean Machine and Dr. Mario and things like that. Yeah. But this one has a, a very early attempt at 3D art, which looks like Mr. Blobby's pet rat. And it's pink and yellow and everything. <laughs> and um, it, it is like Mean Bean Machine. But all the graphics are disturbing and all the sounds are disturbing. Right. Okay. It's so bizarre. I was kind of playing going, it is Mean Bean Machine, but I don't know if this, are these things supposed to be cute because they're kind of terrifying and the sound samples are all kind of, I was like, what are they saying? They sound like they're threatening to kill me. And and it was very, very bizarre. I found it sort of difficult to play the game because I was too busy being distracted by what the hell is that background (laughs) graphic? Oh, thank God I'm losing now. The background graphic's covered up, but what the hell are the four? ground graphics and and what are those sound effects and isn't this supposed to be cute and um, <laughs> so I, that was that was interesting i see what you mean about the mr blobby thing yes i've yes. i've just well i know what's what's going on to the uh thumbnail for this episode oh, God, I hate you. <laughs> it's bad enough that everyone in my twitch stream knows how much i hated and terrified of mr blobby and have now found as many other twitch streamers who have mr blobby emotes as possible including ashens so i'm gonna have a word with about deleting his if possible and they keep spamming my chat with other people's Mr. Blobby emotes um, so, he was yeah, terrifying they, I will give you that he was it is it, yeah it was it's like completely a, terrifying Mr. Mr. Blobby was I swear to God if they came out and said he was a serial killer I, I really would not be surprised <laughs> I think he was I think all these pranks were just about you know hiding yeah. the bodies yeah. distracting it was a distraction technique that's what it was I thoroughly believe this um, yeah, I, I just some of those things I just find terrifying, and I really need to stop telling people. It's like I told people I was terrified of emu as well. Oh yes, yeah. and uh, yeah, that's just resulted in people sending me links to lots of things about emu. Of course, and uh, I, I mentioned having just for some reason on social media the other day. I don't know why or how, but there just kept being loads of posts about very large, terrifying spiders, and <laughs> I made the mistake of tweeting about that, and now my my timeline is just full of even more pictures of spiders and someone said here how about crabs instead and they posted a picture of some giant spider like crab that was literally the size of a bin yes yeah see this is why you don't go to australia because everything over there is like spiders that are are supposed to be really tiny things and they're they're the size of your head you know yeah someone needed to not put all of the spider steroids in the water out there yes definitely my relatives in oz i'm gonna have to write them a very sorry note saying that i'm i apologize i am now never going to visit them (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I'd like to go to New Zealand. I hear New Zealand is slightly less terrifying. Yes, the wildlife in Australia is incredible. It's like everything wants to kill you. And just everything. And can. It doesn't just Uh, want to kill you. It can (laughs) kill you. It's a very real and present danger. One of the things I like about the UK is the most we're likely to get is a slightly grumpy badger, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there are your ankles, but the rest of you will survive. You'll survive, though. You've seen a picture of a snake eating a crocodile in Australia. You're yeah. kind of like, ah, no. I like snake, but no. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, Australia, a lovely, lovely people. I, you know, I'm sure a wonderful country, but everything is trying to kill you. So, <laughs> yeah. And I would like to go visit my relatives, but I'm just not convinced I would survive. Yes. I'm significantly smaller than the things a lot of the snake <laughs> spiders eat out there. You That's know? true. Yes. I've not got a hope. <laughs> not got a hope. Anyway, moving so, away from terrifying, yes. terrifying wildlife. The other things I have been playing this week uh, include, I've got Soul Calibur 6, only like seven months, eight months later than everyone else. Okay, uh, cool. I had a go at that on somebody else's live stream via Parsec. Right. And I'm a massive fan of the Dreamcast original. Oh, right, yeah. for it on the PlayStation, but very, very much of the, the Dreamcast Soul Calibur. And I've played a couple of the sequels, but they were kind of just, here's the same game, but upgraded graphics and a bit more. The the latest ones, are it's a big change. I'm having to relearn stuff. They've added new Ooh. combat systems. They've put in the, the massive character creation system as well. I made a character dressed in purple with cat ears and a giant fish above their head for no reason. <laughs> of course. Um, I was just scrolling through things and letting chat decide, which again, dangerous. <laughs> yes. Dangerous. You really should um, know better by now. If I haven't learned by now, I don't think I'm going to. So I've been playing some Soul Calibur and it's different but it's good good I think I'm gonna change my main characters based on the changes and discovered one very very silly move that's been added to Sung Mina who's one of the characters with a staff she's a staff with a kind of blade on the end right yes and they've added a move for her where you're kind of effectively using this staff with a blade on an end as a pogo stick <laughs> away okay. from your enemy and she goes like yeah woo, woo, and she does it and it, I, I might have done that for about an hour <laughs> <laughs> I nearly throw myself out of the ring several times because I just couldn't stop laughing because it's just I'll say it's ridiculous this is a game where you've got magic powers and giant swords and you know yeah. there's lizard people and things like that. for some reason that's the thing that made me think this is silly <laughs> <laughs> that was great fun so I was seeing if I could have entire fights against the AI I wouldn't do it to any well, I probably yes. will do it to yeah. I'm humans, sure you would to random humans on the servers but I probably to when I let viewers play they will have to deal with that because yeah. uh, it, it was just so funny I accidentally discovered the move and I was just like who okayed this because it's brilliant <laughs> <laughs> it was like what I discovered in Mortal Kombat 3 with the, the hair grabbing flip oh, yes. move yeah. for Sindel I was like I can throw people with my hair that's now what I'm doing for the next <laughs> half hour until I get hit with a controller and I, I just play normally again but it's yes. just it's just so much fun so discovering that and um, yeah really really enjoying that so far uh, again only eight months later than everyone else which means by this logic I should play Fall Guys in 2025 uh, <laughs> and other than that I've been playing a bit of a game called Iridium spelt with an I right okay that name vaguely rings a bell that's probably because I tweet about it relentlessly because I'm in it <laughs> oh yes we've talked about this one before it's that one yeah the... so I'm in a game I'm in a couple of games now I'm in Alien Scumbags which is out on Steam, yes, sorry, uh, which that's, is a that's the one we talked about before. Yeah. Very, very funny game where you play Master Chef yes. and uh, against aliens and things. I'm also in a game called Iridium. I'm the ship's tannoy in one. In this one, I'm the ship's computer. So I'm typecast as <laughs> spaceships, and I'm quite happy with that. <laughs> and it's very much inspired by things like Iridium and Xenon 2 and Nemesis and these kind of shooting games that you yeah. probably remember and played in your youth. And uh, it's it's just all kind of updated and it's really nice because it has that feel of those old games or as it's one of those ones where it's like this is how I remember those games being not how they were right yeah which is really good and I get to listen to myself telling me I've died whenever I lose a level <laughs> awesome nice. yes that's that's handy that's that's very useful that sounds like great fun you can put yourself on IMDB now as a voiceover artist with your your various film and video game credits <laughs> I, I just really I wanted them to let me do the where did you learn to fly but it wasn't gonna gonna go with the theme so <laughs> we, we couldn't 
That it is an Easter egg, sadly. One day. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, going back to Australia, I have been playing Planet Zoo because they released their Australia pack today. Although sensibly, no giant head-sized spiders in that game. It's all the kind of cuter yeah. animals. It's koalas and, and kangaroos in there and stuff. So uh, I've got back into playing Planet Zoo. So I'm, I'm building a big Australian zoo at the moment and I've added all the Australian animals. I'm trying to build it so you've got like an Australia area which is kind of the entrance and then like build out a African area and then a kind of European bit and stuff so I'm, I'm working on a big massive zoo right now with some huge enclosures and stuff so I've really enjoyed playing through that it's such a fun game and the animations are so good because it's the same people that did Planet Coaster mm. so the graphics are fairly similar but one of the great things about both those games are the building mechanics because you can create all sorts of just ridiculous wonderful things in that with the uh, building materials and there's a huge range of stuff in there so it's really good fun for somebody like me that just loves building stuff in games yeah it looks like they sort of built it very much from a this is kind of like a sim type game but we're definitely putting the emphasis on fun yeah I mean it is once you've got the hang of it it's relatively easy to make money there are guides online of, of how to set up your first zoo to make sure it makes money and once you've kind of started making money it's quite difficult to lose money <laughs> so you can sort of let it run and then go and focus on just building things out in terms of the the kind of gameplay stuff it's less about managing the animals you know there are things you can do to manage the animals in terms of you know because they they obviously they breed and stuff but there's a toggle switch so you can stop certain amounts of breeding so you don't end up with thousands and thousands of animals in one enclosure and stuff. So I can't just make one that's just got thousands and thousands of cats. You could. You could make one that has... I mean, they'd fight quite a lot. That's the only problem. Uh, you just need be... to give them enough space and uh, obstacles to play with and things. Yeah, yeah. You, you're sort of limited in the... You know, there's an alpha cat in the group and stuff. So if you had like... You could have like one male cat and a bunch of female cats, maybe. That would work. But if you have two male cats... I'm not same sure, is... but yeah, carry on. <laughs> Yeah, if you have like two male lions or something, they will fight for dominance most of the time. So you could, there are ways of doing it. And you, or you could do it with like lots of separate enclosures and you could just have an entire zoo full of like various cat species. Yeah, I could have uh, an enclosure for each different type of cat and then just cover the entire planet in that. I, I think that's completely reasonable. I think that would work quite well. Yes, I'm sure you could do that. It would be very, very much a yuzu, that. <laughs> so um, that's been really good fun. It's been a while since I've played with it, so I'm enjoying getting back into that. On the TV side, the first thing is my Sky Q box died but i wanted to give a shout out to sky because it died friday at 6 p.m and i pulled up the app and went through all the things it was a hard drive failure and i kind of knew it was a hard drive failure but went through the things in the app to sort of say is it this is it this you get to the bottom and it goes yeah your hard drive's died click this button to order a new one so i did that and by midday on saturday the next day i got a new box <laughs> So I think that's pretty impressive service in sort of less than 24 hours from the box dying to getting a new one. I, it was pretty good going, I thought. Yeah, well, short of training some kind of like, you know, laser guided carrier pigeons, they yeah. couldn't have got it there any quicker. <laughs> no, no. I so I'm Or with, a drone. That's yeah. probably slightly more realistic. Yes, yes. Although I, I laser guided carrier pigeons, I think certainly is something that we need to look into. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I was hugely impressed by how quickly they turned that around. So I, I'm now back up and running. The only thing that sucks, of course, because the hard drive died, is everything that was saved on that drive is now gone. So that, oh no, they don't have any kind of cloud storage option for those. No, that's the only thing. There's no cloud storage option, and it doesn't remember what you had on there. That would be a useful feature if it could attach what programs you recorded to the cloud, even if it can't attach. Because obviously, programs are like gigs and gigs of space. So even yeah. if it can't like attach the actual program 
times you've recorded, if you could tell you what you actually had attached to the account so you could at least then go and reset up all your recordings fairly easily. That's the only slight niggle because I've now got to go through and remember what I had things set up to record because I can't remember everything that was on there. So Yeah, uh, it seems like it could have been, if it has a calendar system and things that know what to record, it seems like it should at least be able to pick up from where it left off. And even if it can't give you back all the previous episodes, continue recording series as you were in the process of telling it to record every week or something. Yeah, that would be quite useful. But I mean, so it's not perfect, but in terms of them actually getting the new equipment out, I was incredibly impressed at how quickly they managed to do that. I mean, I do pay an awful lot of money for SkyQ. It isn't a cheap option by any means. And you say, if you want the programs off Sky and you don't want to pay a fortune for it, now TV is definitely the way to go because that's a much, much cheaper option. I just like the convenience of being able to record whatever I want. But uh, I thought they they did a really good job in the turnaround on that. It was really quite impressive. In terms of things I have been watching, Stargirl came on to Amazon Prime last week or the week before, I think, and I've just got around to actually starting and finishing watching it. Really, really enjoyed that series. The closest equivalent on the sort of Marvel side would be kind of the Runaway series, I guess, because it's, you know, it, it is essentially about a bunch of kids who become superheroes after finding a bunch of superhero stuff and a lot of the adults are the sort of older the evil ones so I mean the setup is is somewhat similar to Runaways although in this case they're not all children of the bad guys you know so there are kind of some similarities there I'd say I prefer the way Stargirl did it much better I think the lead actress is incredibly likeable very very watchable it seems fairly natural the way that they managed to kind of pull things together if you don't know Stargirl it's stars Breck Bassinger as a girl who moves with her mother and her stepfather and her stepbrother and they move from LA to this tiny little town which was where her mother grew up. It turns out that her stepfather who is Pat Dugan was a sidekick to Starman the original superhero of the JSA. In the opening sequence I mean the opening sequence is really impressive. The entire JSA are killed by the Injustice Society. That's like right at the beginning of the opening episode. There's this huge yeah. spectacular battle and and the entire group are killed. It then flashes forward into sort of present day and Pat Dugan has ended up being married to this woman whose daughter is Courtney Whitmore and he's got all the remnants of the JSA stuff he's storing in the basement and she's down there and she finds the cosmic staff and the cosmic staff takes to her and she ends up becoming Stargirl. She also believes that Starman is her father and that's why the staff is uh, attracted to her. And then as you go through, she decides that she needs some help and uh, recruits some of her friends at school into becoming sort of Wildcat and Owlman and Dr. Midnight and some of the other JSA members. So the idea of there being the Injustice Society being active in this tiny little town may seem slightly ridiculous, but it works quite well in the context that they've actually done it and there's a sort of reason why they're in that particular town it is coming back for another season I'm not sure where you go with it once that storyline is kind of resolved because it was very specific to them being in that town and and them dealing with the Injustice Society in that town and they have got a few people left over there is a sort of few threads that they can pull on for seasons moving forward but overall I think it's a really well put together little series it's 13 episodes it's airing on the CW and HBO Max in the US you can get it on Amazon Prime over here but it is worth watching definitely yeah my Amazon Prime has just expired so I'm like yeah no damn it because <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple of things that I want to watch I may need to buy a couple of months so I can uh, watch watch a few bits and pieces on there and Stargirl is one of the ones I would consider because it did look interesting and yeah. um, 
I think this is probably the first time she's ever been adapted into a live action. Yes, I think it is. I don't think is. I've seen her feature in anything else, even as a side character. Oh, she did pop up in an episode of Legends of Tomorrow. Um, uh, okay, I'm was, very behind on Legends. Yeah, there multiple was multiple series. <laughs> yeah, there, there was one episode which featured the JSA. So she had popped up in one episode of that. She was in an episode to a couple of episodes of Smallville as well, actually. Yeah. Is that kind of as to introduce the character because they'd already decided to do this Stargirl? No, in Legends, it was played by a different person and it was a sort of very different version. This version of Stargirl, it was originally made for DC Universe and although it is airing on CW, as we mentioned a few weeks ago, all the DC Universe shows are now basically HBO Max shows. All the current DC Universe originals are now moving on to HBO Max in the US. But this version of Stargirl is very much a sort of standalone thing at the moment it's not directly connected into the arrowverse <laughs> until they need another crisis <laughs> yeah yeah i mean they, they, they seem to have trouble leaving the series as standalone in, in the cw yes so we'll, we'll see how long that lasts but i quite like it when things are their own little separate bubble because i think it gives you a lot more freedom when yeah. you start crossing everything over the end end up with a timeline where you're having to use timey-wimeyness and alternate dimensions to sort of get around the the fact that you've got inconsistencies because oh no hang on a minute i've just checked the date of when that person went and had a coffee and technically they were also in this other town yeah, in this yeah. other show and mentioned and it's just so difficult to manage when series get that get mm. that expansive so we have to see where that one goes it's definitely on my possible to watch list yeah the arrowverse thing at the moment as came out of the dc fandom event they have established that despite what it sort of looked like the arrowverse isn't a single universe anymore although they had all the crisis on infinite earth and it looked like everything had been collapsed into one universe what it actually did was collapsed all the arrowverse shows into one earth but the multiverse still exists so post-crisis stargirl's actually on earth 2 rather than earth prime so she is still technically part of the wider dc multiverse but she's on a different earth makes your life a lot easier to do that while still allowing you to do fun bits with crossovers when you want I think that's probably the right approach to be taking with these. Otherwise, you end up with like five million people with superpowers, like all within train journeys of each other. And you start wondering how anyone could be surprised by there being a superhero in their town because every town's got one by that point. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. So, yeah, it is definitely worth watching. I found it a really enjoyable series. I think the characters are nicely written. It comes together quite well. There are a few little issues here and there, but generally I, I really enjoy the characterization of it and uh, thought it was a really fun series and I'm looking forward to it coming back for a second season as well the other thing I watched was Strike Lethal White which is the return of Strike to BBC One there's only one episode of that gone out at the moment as usual I think it's a really solid story the book wasn't quite as well received as some of the previous ones but I think they've maybe resolved some of the issues that the book had for the TV series just good solid BBC drama again and uh, that's back on I think the second episode we're recording this on Monday the second episode goes out tonight and then I think there's two more which are next Sunday and Monday looking forward to watching the rest of that the last thing we have to mention was a sort of shock that came out of nowhere was Chadwick Boseman because people had thought that he might be ill because he'd lost quite a lot of weight but I don't think anybody expected what actually happened and sort of sadly passing away from colon cancer at what 43 I think he was just real shock because nobody seems to have known I mean it seems like internally at Marvel and even the director of Black Panther Ryan Coogler had come out and said he knew he was ill but didn't know the extent of it and because of the fact that you know Chadwick was such a lovely private person he wasn't prying into it but you know they'd been writing scripts for Black Panther too. I suspect there had been some discussion going on behind the scenes about what would happen next in this eventuality if they must have had some sort of planning in place I would think but just horribly tragic and I mean he'd been dealing with this for four years which means he was diagnosed around the time that Civil War was filmed and essentially means he the entire time he's been Black Panther he'd been dealing with this illness behind the scenes and you just wouldn't have known just a Herculean effort on his part I can't imagine dealing with an illness like that 
and being in this massive superhero franchise and turning up for work every day with a smile on your face. Not only that, doing all the press for it. And then he was visiting hospitals with kids suffering from cancer in between and just all the other stuff that goes with it, not just the filming of it and doing Black Panther and doing Endgame and all the other bits and pieces. Phenomenal, phenomenal man. A real true life superhero. And I'm very sad that we won't see him back on screen anymore and just heart goes out to his family because it's just horrible. Yeah, there's been a massive outpouring of love towards him online and it's obvious that everyone could see he was a lovely person and he touched many lives and he will obviously be very much missed as a human being and as an iconic part of the Marvel Universe as well. Yeah, just heartbreaking and... uh, Let's move on to some TV and film news. 
the subtitled versions. I've seen quite a few of the dubs have been really good and, and faithful and have put a lot of effort into making them very watchable in the dubbed format. So I think that's good as well for making sure they can get these shows out to the widest range of people possible. Yeah, I did try it in German with the subtitles. The problem is there is a lot of scientific stuff in there and they talk very quickly. So the subtitles tend to kind of blink on and blink off again. It's like, oh, I didn't get a chance to read that. So I ended up watching with the dub on that first episode, but uh, it is good having kind of been able to compare the two the dub actually seems pretty decent so uh, you know it is definitely worth watching however you want to watch it but uh, yeah. that's on I swapped in and out with watching is it better than us was it was called the one that was very oh, similar yeah. to humans yeah. I swapped from watching that in sub and dub because I was uh, doing some other stuff at the same time so because a lot of it was conversations between people so yeah. um, I did swap between watching that one dubbed and subbed and the dub for things like the 3% as well which I which yeah. I love that's pretty good as well nice to see like that those kind of options because I know a lot of people that find subtitles very difficult yes gone of the days of monkey being dubbed <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's you know lovely in its own way but it's not, not, not quite the approach we'd want with these kind of serious sci-fi dramas weird fact that I found out quite recently you know who did half the female dubs for that show I don't Miriam Margulies did the dubs for it Apparently. There you go. Every so, day's a school day. I've uh, learned something. Which which just makes me love that woman more because she's amazing, Maria Magalise. But yes, apparently she did a whole bunch of the uh, the female voice dubs for the monkey, which is a bizarre fact, but there you go. Moving on to pickups and advanced air dates, NBC have announced their fall premiere dates and they've moved a few things around. So obviously these are the NBC US dates. We're going to talk about how this may affect the UK as well. Superstore coming back on NBC 22nd of October. Usually that's late September, early October. So that's only a sort of week or so out from when it usually is. It usually lands in the UK in January though. So from our side of things it's probably not going to make any difference all the chicago's are back on november the 11th on nbc they're usually back late september early october so they're around about a month out but again they've traditionally been starting in january or certainly this january they started in january so again that may be the same sort of thing if they're starting in november in the u.s i can't see them bringing them back this year it's likely to be january again and law and order svu which is back on november 12th that usually starts late september so that's had one of the longest delays last year this started in the uk in december i again i suspect this is one that is going to get booted until the new year i could be wrong about that they may start it earlier than that but it's likely to be early in 2021 for the uk i would have thought if it's starting that late in the us and then the blacklist is back on november 13th that's a little bit late as well that's usually september october so that's about a month later than it usually is however in the uk it's not been starting until sort of april june so that should have no effect on us over here because we're always way behind on it shows which they previously said we're going to start in the fall and are now moving to 2021 brooklyn 99 manifest new amsterdam law and order organized crime starring christopher maloney which is the svu spin-off all those originally have been announced to start in the fall they're now being moved to 2021 which is sort of understandable certainly for things like manifest that's got a lot of extra stuff in and i guess there's it's the same with something like new amsterdam there's quite a big ensemble cast for that as well so and i, I guess it's the same for things like brooklyn 99 where you've got quite a lot of people involved so we'll see when they return but they've said they're moving those to 2021 good girls zoe's extraordinary playlist were already planned for 2021 so both those will be coming back next year anyway that was always the plan in terms of uk air dates we've got uh, the comey rule which is premiering on the 30th of september they've announced coming on sky atlantic which is a couple of days after it airs in the us if you want to see that bbc iplayer has added the entire battlestar galactica series as a box set from september 5th so if you've not caught the battlestar galactica that's the ronald dean moore version not the original version i wish they put both versions on because i have such a love for the original one as well but they're putting the 
entire series of Battlestar Galactica, the Ronald the Moore version. We don't know if they've actually added the little prequel movie. It's certainly, I don't think he's going to be any of the sequel stuff like Blood and Chrome, I think, was one of them. And, you know, there mm. was a couple of sequel series. So it, it is just the entire main show. I just don't know whether they're going to have the little movie thing that was the thing that kicked it off, whether that's part of it or not. Hopefully it is, but we'll see. They're, they're landing as a box set on September 5th, if you want to go and catch those. You've seen all these, haven't you? I haven't. <laughs> haven't you? I know. Shock horror. I've only seen part of the first series of Battlestar Galactica. Well, now you can go and catch those up on iPlayer for free. <laughs> I, I, I should have seen them all. I'm quite aware. I'm a massive fan of the original and I watched bits of it to start with but at the time I was kind of like don't like changes and I was like I'm going to come back and watch this when I'm watching this with an open mind and not being like a grumpy geeky person going you changed my favourite people <laughs> um, so yeah I I should watch it but I, I needed to wait until I could watch it as a completely separate entity I think right okay yes get over yourself go and watch it <laughs> yeah well but by now it's like you know it's, there's a few very very seminal classic things that I've not seen and it's gone to the point where now it's just kind of funny I haven't seen them I haven't seen Battlestar Galactica I haven't watched all of Firefly and I haven't watched Game of Thrones and just being able to tell people that when I basically make my living out of knowing about geeky things um, (laughs) it's just kind of funny I almost want to be able to keep saying that you know when I'm like 70 and I'm like I still haven't seen Firefly (laughs) Um, that's not something to be proud of (laughs) but watching people people's little shocked faces <laughs> i should have watched them though i'm well aware yes yes you should because Firefly's so brilliant as well but yeah Battlestar galactica at least you have got no excuse not to watch it now it is now absolutely i just need to find the time to watch yes. three million episodes of it that is true over on netflix they have dropped a little surprise documentary it's called making the witcher and it pretty much does what it says on the tin it's only 30 minutes long so it's a little behind the scenes thing came out of nowhere they literally sent the press release out on the same day as it dropped on Netflix and said hey you can go watch this now so uh, it's a little half an hour thing if you like The Witcher it just gives a bit of behind the scenes back and forth with people like Henry Cavill and the showrunner and all that sort of stuff I love behind the scenes stuff I think it helps give you a, a much greater understanding of the love and care and attention that go into things and obviously film degree person so I'm just like how do they do this and that give me the answers um, <laughs> yeah yeah, I, I love stuff like that. And I hope that they add more little making of scenes and, and behind the scenes stuff for series is because I think that we don't get them as much anymore. When everyone used to sort of buy DVDs, mm. you'd get, you know, a lot of little behind the scenes things. And now we stream stuff. We don't tend to get that as much. And yeah. I think the idea of putting that content up on Netflix as well is lovely. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And yeah, I used to watch through all that sort of stuff when I used to buy DVDs, which I haven't done in a very, very long time. Yeah. And you get the special edition versions on purpose because they had all the behind the scenes and the making of and and things and I think it's something that people are missing out on and and, you know I'm going to sound old now and say younger people are missing out (laughs) because I mean I've got things like VHS tapes you know I have the production report for Akira which was the second VHS tape you could get for Akira which showed how they made it and that kind of information can get lost if it isn't boarded and, and shared and it's amazing to see so yeah I'm hoping that that gets watched by a lot of people and pokes Netflix in the direction of making more behind the scenes stuff as well. Certainly, that would be great. You know, I'd like to see one for, I mean, I know this isn't Netflix directly, but I'd like to see one for things like Discovery and stuff like that, I think. You know, particularly the more kind of geekier end of the the thing. I think there's certainly an appetite for people to go and watch that sort of stuff. I mean, when Disney Plus released The Mandalorian then then released an entire series which was behind the scenes, like really in in depth on each each different element of the Mandalorian and that's fascinating so I'd love to see a bit more of that it'd be great definitely and uh, His Dark Materials the BBC have announced that will be coming in November 2020 on BBC One again no exact date for that yet but it will be coming in November so that's one to look out for back over onto Netflix they confirmed that they have picked up a Resident Evil live action drama we knew that 
they'd been working on this because it was a couple of years ago. I think they actually we got news that they were starting to work on it. But uh, they've now announced a little bit more information. It's going to be eight episodes long. It comes from Andrew Dab, who was a co-showrunner on the brilliant Supernatural and Constantine Film, who are the people that were behind the movie franchises as well. It's not going to be directly connected to to the movie franchises. It's uh, going to be split across two different timelines. So the first timeline follows 14-year-old sisters Jade and Billy Wesker, who move to the manufactured corporate town of New Raccoon City right as their adolescence is in full swing. But the more time they spend there, the more they come to realise that the town is more than it seems and their father may be concealing dark secrets, secrets that could destroy the world. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Well used. Uh, Second timeline moves the action over a decade into the future and things are taking a dark turn. There are less than 15 million people left on Earth and more than 6 billion monsters, people and animals that are affected with the T-virus. Jade, now 30, struggles to survive in this new world while the secrets from her past about her sister, her father and herself continue to haunt her. So that's the sort of setup for it. Now, I've not really played that much of Resident Evil know you know a bit more about it than I do so I like this idea yes I think this could work really well I like the time split as well Mm. it reminds me a little bit of kind of Resident Evil meets Terminator right yeah with the kind of jump forward in time to where the humans have lost kind of aspect yeah and that's something with Terminator that we always wanted to see more of you know that kind of apocalyptic future bit and I I like the idea of jumping between the two I think this for me is going to come down to whether or not it's like the first Resident Evil movie <laughs> or <laughs> right. the later ones. Um, right. But I, I do like the premise. I do think it's cool. I like the fact that they're going to be making up their own characters and their own scenarios and not trying to, to pull characters directly from the game. I think that gives them a lot more freedom. I'm hoping it stays Resident Evil rather than trying to be Walking Dead. Yes. Um, but I, I do like the idea of this. We will see where it goes because the film are of mixed quality. Yes, very um, diplomatically put, yes. But I really liked the first film. Yeah. And I, I know like a lot of people didn't, but I really liked the first film. I thought it had the correct mix of preposterous with a few almost sci-fi tech type elements with the biohacking, with the evil corporation being truly evil. And yeah, if it takes more kind of from that, then I think this could be really good. I think they've set the amount of episodes about right to test this out. If they'd set it as like, we're going to make a hundred straight off the bat I'll be like that's not going to work um, yeah. I think that it, it could work well but yeah it all comes down to which of the movies it's going to be like in, in tone and style yeah one thing they have said Dab the showrunner sort of said that uh, the series will be complete with a lot of old friends and some things bloodthirsty insane things people have never seen before so it sounds like there obviously will be some game characters in there that are, are going to pop up in some way but I I think it's probably quite sensible to base the main characters on things that are outside that main franchise. The movies, by the way, I mean, they've grossed over 1.2 billion worldwide and is the most profitable game to film franchise ever made, apparently. So, you know, I know they're very good quality, but they're still making banks. So, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely in a, I'm assuming, slightly downward curve when you adjust for inflation yes probably but that first one had real potential and I think that's why I was kind of disappointed with some of the later ones Mm. and to be fair the games do get sillier as they go on as well so they've got that in common with the film series because of course with every release especially you know an arcade release if you're saying like this is you know the next one this is the next one it has to get more ridiculous otherwise why would you play that rather than the first game it has to be the bosses are bigger and badder in this one and everything is on fire Um, (laughs) they've got that in common with it but the first one I think having that sort of slightly less budget less freedom less kind of need to make everything be big and bad and terrible they made the best story and the best Resident Evil kind of feeling thing to me even though it was very different to the games it felt like its own branch that was equally good Um, but we'll see I mean it's been they've been remaking the Resident Evil games so it's something that's very much back in public consciousness again and people are hoping they're going to remake more of 
the series. So I think now is a good time to be working on that as well. I think they've timed that quite well, be that by design or, or coincidence. Absolutely. I think, you know, that, that makes perfect sense at the moment. It sounds like they're kind of going all in. We don't know exactly when that's going to land. Obviously, it's not going to be this year. It will be, you know, it may be next year. It could even be 2022 before it actually lands on screen, but we'll see. But that is now definitely coming. Over on HBO, it was announced that they're working on an adaptation of Michael Critchen's Sphere from an interesting pairing of the creators of Westworld and Team Downey. Sphere, if you're unaware of it, was described as plunging us 1,000 feet into the ocean where a group of scientists confront the surreal, beautiful and deadly mysteries of the universe, only to find the people closest to us may prove to be the most alien. If you're thinking, hang on, wasn't there a Sphere thing before? There was. There was a movie, it was in 1998, had Dustin Hoffman, Sharon Stone and Samuel L. Jackson in it. That version, it's fair to say, did not do particularly well. Barely managed to make its money back, unfortunately. And given that it was it was a Michael Christian book and he just had like a huge success with things like Jurassic Park and stuff, it was sort of surprising that that bombed quite as badly as it did. But interesting to make a TV series out of, out of this, I guess. I think something that's based on more slow suspense and stuff can sometimes be better in a TV series because you're not forced to have to have some giant reveal and crescendo at the end in the same way as you do with a blockbuster film especially if you're trying to say kind of like from the writer of Jurassic Park which has like big dinosaurs at the beginning and bigger dinosaurs at the end um, (laughs) I think now is probably a better time to be doing that in a TV series is probably a better format to be doing that in as well yeah it's written by Westworld exec producer and writer Denise Tay who will serve as showrunner on the series as well she also worked on things like Person of Interest. She worked on Gotham, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. She's exec producing alongside Lisa Joy, Jonathan Nolan, and Anthea Wickham, who are from Kilter Films, who are with the people behind Westworld. Robert Downey Jr. and Sarah Downey for Team Downey as well. Team Downey are the people that were behind Perry Mason remake that's just been on um, HBO as well. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting that they've pulled both of those teams together because they've both been working on these like huge huge things it's a good pedigree of people yeah absolutely it's a really interesting collection of people behind it I mean you know because Westworld's been great I was sort of so-so on Perry Mason I found it a bit slow although I have I'm going to go back and force myself to watch more of it because I've only watched the first episode and I found the first episode a little bit slow but a lot of people have said it's brilliant so I need to go and watch the rest of it that's one of the things that's gone off my skybox so hopefully it's still on Sky but um, if I can watch the rest of it I will they've got some other interesting stuff coming up as well so I think that's an interesting mix of people and the source material itself I think is pretty reasonable it's just the film version didn't do it justice and I think like you say a longer format's probably better for something like this Mm. moving on to slightly sillier territory there is an X-Files animated comedy spin-off in development at Fox apparently yeah I'd love to know if they decided they were doing this before or after Star Trek. (laughs) I don't know. The idea is it's called X-Files Albuquerque. It's not going to involve Mulder and Scully. It's a potential new series will centre on an office full of misfits agents who will investigate X-Files cases too wacky, ridiculous and downright dopey for Mulder and Scully to bother with. They're essentially the X-Files B-team. It's from the guys behind Paradise PD, the Netflix animated show. Chris Carter is involved as exec producer, but not involved in writing or show running it. I mean, yes, it's fun and interesting, but, it, you know... I the- don't know why this needed to be X-Files. This yes. feels like they had an idea and X-Files was a very big name they could attach to it. I am unconvinced that this is going to fit. I think it's going to, you know, people were saying that Star Trek Lower Decks is pretty... They, they didn't think it really fitted into the world of Star Trek. I think this is going to be much more the case yes. with this one. I don't know. It might be fun. It might be a laugh, but I will be amazed if it's anything other than throwaway comedy. Yes. I could be wrong, but I, I can't think why this has got the X-Files name attached to it other than the X-Files name is very, very recognisable. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I, that would seem to be the entire purpose of attaching the X-Files to it is to sell it more than anything else. But... Uh, 
yeah, the, it's in development as well. So we don't know whether they're actually going to end up making this or not. The one thing it has got going for it at the moment is animations become quite popular. So you don't have to isolate people and have all that problems with actors getting in the way when you're trying to film in the middle of a pandemic. So that may actually help it get it off the ground. But uh, we'll, we'll see. It's in development by Fox and Fox have got a lot of animation. They air The Simpsons and all the Family Guy stuff and all that sort yeah. of stuff. So. And they've seen Men in Black, which is effectively what they're making here. <laughs> yes, kind of. We'll see whether it goes anywhere, but there's there's that. Uh, CW are going the other way. They are making a live action version of a, a fairly beloved animated series, The Powerpuff Girls. Now, um, yeah, I, I really have t- strong feelings. <laughs> I, I rather thought you might do. Now, I mean, I'm aware of The Powerpuff Girls, but beyond that, that's about as far as my knowledge goes. So, for the uninitiated, the animated series originally ran from 1998 to 2005, follows the adventures of Blossom, Bubbles and Buttercup, three kindergarten-age girls with an array of superpowers who save the world, or at least the city of Townsville, from monsters, would-be conquerors and a few other gross things. Well, the episodes often focused on issues that faced young children, such as school hygiene and sibling rivalry. They were also packed full of pop culture references, which made them beloved by a much wider audience, including yourself. Yes, the original series is brilliant and extremely tongue-in-cheek and has loads of references. It's, it's riffing off the idea of superheroes and a lot of anime tropes and things like that. And very, very funny. Same people that did Dexter's Lab. Right. Iconic visuals, iconic characters. I don't think kids got 50% of the jokes in it. Yeah. Um, I was watching this in university, I'm pretty sure. Right, yes. Yeah, I was uni. Yeah, end of uni. It's absolutely... I've still got stickers of the Powerpuff Girls on my laptop, I think. <laughs> and um, absolutely loved it. They made a sort of rebooted second version of the animated series some years later, which just lost all of the impact. Right. And... Um, uh, did not have anywhere near as much as a positive response. It definitely alienated the original fans and a lot of us were adults to start with, so it wasn't just because it was a kid's show, but didn't really grab kids either. There's also a Japanese anime version right. of the American animated series, which is mostly playing on superhero and Japanese anime conventions, and they right. made an anime version of the American series that was sort of, yeah, it was weird, um, but they made an <laughs> anime version which was very different but contained the same premise, but without so much of the tongue in cheekness because it's a parody and I don't like the idea of this at all. It's going to end up like Gem and the Holograms, the yeah. live action, which got pulled from cinemas because nobody liked it. <laughs> Let me just read out what they're planning to do with it. You could hear the steam coming out of Vex's ears. Um, <laughs> so, the live action version is for CW, which, which kind of gives you some idea of, of the, the fact that it, oh, clearly it's not going to be based around kindergarten kids the Powerpuff Girls are no longer America's preteen pint-sized heroes they're now disillusioned 20-somethings who resent having lost their childhood to crime fighting will they agree to reunite now the world needs them more than ever which is sort of the The set Powerpuff Girls are not the Umbrella Academy yeah I was gonna say yeah that is the the Umbrella Academy they love their childhood the whole point is that they massively enjoy being the hero this is just one of those subversive for subversive sake thing if you wanted to make you could make something else like you know if you want to do this you make something like the boys where you have obviously an allegory for a superman type character and an aqua you have these things Mm. making it a kind of live action sequel to a beloved cartoon in order to try and deconstruct that and purposefully reverse it i don't think it's going to make anyone happy because if you don't know powerpuff girls why are they the powerpuff girls yeah and that's going to be weird in live action to have them be the names the imagery the costumes it just doesn't work very well in live action Mm. it's not supposed to it's quite massively stylized and it's going to have exactly the reaction from all the fans of the originals as it's having with me so you're just alienating yourself whereas if they've made it something completely separate that wasn't the Powerpuff Girls yeah then because I love the boys I love the Umbrella Academy I love things that deconstruct the genre it's just difficult to do that by kind of kicking the, (laughs) the series that you loved rather than coming up with your own thing yeah the people 
behind it, uh, I mean, it's CW, so of course it's Greg Berlanti because he has his hands in everything over there. Greg uh, Berlanti, Diablo Cody is the person that's writing it, who did write Juno, which is a fabulous, fabulous film, and uh, United States of Tara as well. Heather Rengier, who has written on shows like Veronica Mars, Sleepy Hollow, Falling Skies, and Eye Zombie, as he's also involved yeah. in the writing Ooh, as well. Excellent work, yeah. So, you know, they, they've got some decent people behind it. I just wish it wasn't this license. If, if it yeah. wasn't this license, I'd love it. Yeah, I think that's sort of the issue, is they've randomly picked something off yeah. the shelf that I guess they had access to, and yeah. I, I think that was probably not the thing to do in no, this No, especially case. since the reboot cartoon was so poorly received, and it just was not well written and had lost all of the satire and the intelligence and parody aspects to it. So I think they would get a much more positive reaction if, if they just dropped the, the license association. And I can't see what's useful about that license association other than the name recognition, but that is just going to play against them in this case. Yeah, as I say, Powerpuff Girls was something that very much passed me by, but I entirely get where the anger for this is coming from. And you could easily do this with it not being a Powerpuff Girls series yeah. and it just being... I think you could better do it without it being a Powerpuff yeah, Girls because series you're not because tied to if it. you're saying like which which series to start with are you going with canon because the reboot series is different to the original and how are you going to do that without contradicting a ton of the original material because yeah. you've made it a sequel but you're making it so the girls' motivations and feelings are the opposite. Mm. Um, I just think they've given themselves a really hard job where they could have done something the boys or Umbrella Academy style where they would have had a lot more freedom a lot less potential people kind of grumbling as I am um, yeah. I'm, I'm this grumbly over a cartoon series which tells you how beloved the Powerpuff Girls is things like Powerpuff Girls Dexter's Lab and stuff like that mm. um, the original versions were just so so good and um, think they kind of shot themselves in the foot with what could have otherwise been a good idea because yeah. the team on it's all excellent mm. they're just they're giving themselves a much higher hill to climb to get people like me on board and I'm definitely the target audience yeah me too I think with this so we'll see what happens but uh, it's in development at the moment which may mean that it doesn't go anywhere it's quite possible it you know we'll have to wait and see but uh, yeah sugar spice and everything emo will be their tagline <laughs> <laughs> oh so that's all the news for this week let's move on to some highlights for next week on TV <laughs> So, highlights for next week. We have Two Weeks to Live coming to Sky One on the 2nd of September at 10pm. This is the series that stars Macy Williams in her first big post-Game of Thrones role. It's a comic tale of love and revenge born from a seemingly harmless prank that goes terribly wrong. Macy Williams is incredibly watchable. I'm going to be checking this out, but that's coming on Sky One on the 2nd of September at 10pm. It's called Two Weeks to Live. Season 2 of Harlots lands on the 2nd of September at 9pm on BBC Two. That's a continuation of that Young Willander which is coming on the 3rd of September for Netflix we've spoken a little bit about this before but based on the Kurt Willander novels but except it's a much younger version they put up a little trailer for this it did look quite good so that's to look out for on the 3rd of September on Netflix there is a sci-fi-ish show coming to Netflix called Away that is on the 4th of September it's described as an, an epic love story and a thrilling tale of survival set against humanity's greatest endeavor the first human mission to mars stars hillary swank could be interesting one that i will take a look at it and see what i think and now the big one the boys season two returns on the 4th of september to amazon prime i'm so looking forward to this they've slightly changed the airing format they've dropping episode one to three on the 4th of september and it's then going to drop weekly after that there is also an after show coming with that as well so after the episode drop there will be a, a sort of behind the scenes after show which you can go and watch to, along with it as well i'm very much looking forward to that you need to get your prime subscription resubscribed yes i might wait until a good chunk of the series is out so i only need to do it for the month um, yes but yeah i'm very much very much looking forward to that i'm doing a small happy dance you can imagine it as something much more elegant than it is no i'm just imagining you doing the snoopy dance fair enough that's still more elegant than it is uh britain's got talent is back 
back for the live shows. That's on the 5th of September on ITV at 8pm. Uh, Ashley Banjo, I think he's stepping in for Simon Cowell while he rests up after breaking his back. Better Things, that returns for its full season on BBC Two on the 6th of September at 10pm, so you can go and watch that. Power Book 2 Ghost, this is coming to Stars Play on the 6th of September. I think the first season went out on Netflix, but this is now on Stars Play. It is a star show in the US. They've decided that they're keeping hold of all these spin-offs, so they're all going to be on Stars Play when they air, and this is the first one of that, so that's coming on the 6th of September to Stars Play in the UK. And uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire returns for its third season, well, third season of this iteration of it. That's on the 7th of September at 9pm. It's airing throughout the week. This is the Jeremy Clarkson version, so uh, go and watch that if you're into that sort of thing. And that is everything for this week. So, if people want to find out more about you, where can they go and find you? You can find me as Trustabytes on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. I'm also on YouTube and Twitch as well. Over on the YouTube channel, I interview people like indie comic book, indie games creators and do event reports and movie reviews and stuff. And then on Twitch full time at the moment, doing a mixture of nostalgic and geek chatter and also playing games. And then on uh, the Saturday stream specifically, uh, screaming a lot in terror and fear because people are making me play Alien Isolation and oh my God, there's xenomorphs everywhere. <laughs> I live in a cupboard now. <laughs> yes, yeah. live in a cupboard. Simulator 3000 is what I'm renaming that game to. I'm not coming out of the cupboard again. Yep, <laughs> yep. So yes, so go and find Bex on all those places. I encourage you not to send pictures of spiders on Twitter stream. Well, That's... now we know what they're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. It's not nice and not at all funny. Um... <laughs> Did I mention I hated you at the beginning? <laughs> I'm just checking. You, you did, yes, that's fine. Good, good, good. <laughs> so, for more people, you can go find Matt over on Entertainment Talk. For a lot more podcasts, you can go find him over on entertainmenttalk.org, and there's a ton of podcast content over there you can find then. For us, you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website, please find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown on on instagram at geektown uk make sure you stay safe if you're going out make sure you keep washing your hands wear a mask if you're going outside and we will talk to you next week bye 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 When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.